1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join us in what will be the final episode of series one. I'm joined today by Kaza. So hi Kaza, how are you doing today and what have we got
2: coming up? Hi Richard, I am splendid, thanks. A little excited, but also a little sad to be drawing a curtain on the first series today but it's been a lot of fun. So, in today's show, we have Property Chatter, where Richard will give a quick recap of the main aspects of this first series, building on solid foundations. You will also provide an investor quick start process so people can get going super fast. Then, we have your voice. This week, we have a short but very sweet 5-star listener review. Next. The shout out. We share yet another tool to help us, particularly when we are looking at selling a property. However, there is a twist to that to help potentially in finding some ripe bargains too. Finally, I believe you will be sharing with us what we can look forward to in the second series. I really cannot wait to hear. It's about recycling, I think, isn't it? So, back to you, Richard.
0: OK, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter.
1: Thanks, Kazza. Recycling? Uh, Well, not quite, to be fair, but, but a nice try. <laughs> Have you been trying to read my notes upside down again? <laughs> not quite. Let's see. Let's see. I'm going to keep you in suspense a little while longer. OK, so for this final episode, uh, what I intend to do is provide an, an overview of what we've covered in the first series, and And then a few suggestions of what we can do next as uh, by way of an, an investor quick start if we like. So let's start with that brief recap, shall we? Um, we've actually covered quite a fair amount of ground, and I haven't counted exactly, but I can estimate we've covered well over 30,000 spoken words over the course's first series. I, I think that's a, that's a dissertation in, in university language, so uh, that's a fair amount of knowledge transferred, isn't it, or shared between us. Uh, so here's a quick summary, needless to say. So yes, strategy. We started off in the first week proper when we looked at property strategy and of course we were looking at the mnemonic right, the right strategy, which of course spelt out the various types of property strategy that we can adopt. Now R was for rental income, I was for investor services, G was for growing the capital H for handling the property by using other people's money or assets and T was for trading the property so we we didn't go too deep because there's quite a lot of uh, individual strategies that were covered there I think up to 20 were, were summarized in that first episode but I do plan to re- return to this whole issue of, uh, of property strategy in a future series so um, there we go there's quite a lot of ground there that we, we, we can touch on and we'll go a little bit deeper as I say in a future series Next up, we looked at property as an investment and we considered some of the uh, investment principles, not just as property, but comparing property with other asset classes and, in particular, ICEs and pensions. We looked at the whole risk and reward um, approach, um, some aspects of taxation, but I think what we really focus in on, and in particular where property stands out, is the whole notion of leverage and cash on cash returns plus the um, the area of compound growth and inflation and how it can be our friend, in fact. And we, kept, we we started to conclude that episode with a definition of wealth creation, understanding that property can be a wealth creation tool. And my definition was an accumulation of assets, generating a passive income sufficient to fund our lifestyle expenses forever or in perpetuity, if you prefer. <laughs> and of course we were looking to define our our why what and how or our purpose goals and strategy if you prefer so that was the second episode proper the third one was uh, criteria and checklists and two main areas here we covered one was key performance indicators or KPIs for short and um, I guess you know whilst we cover a lot of ground the the headlines boiled down to as far as I'm concerned at least to return on investment net monthly cash flow or annual cash flow if you prefer Um, the net equity gain or profit uh, particularly if you're trading trading assets sorry properties and the payback period on on the investment so that they're my key performance indicators we covered a range of other ones and you may have your own equally I covered what I what I describe as the star criteria in terms of assessing the fundamentals uh, of an investment property and STAR stood for schools, or, or it could be universities, but that doesn't start with an S. <laughs> so schools, transport links, uh, amenities such as shops, bars and restaurants, that sort of thing. Revenue, which was a bit of a catch all for to cover jobs and inward investment. And the conclusion was to define your own criteria and KPIs to be able to work out what is a good deal as far as you're concerned next one was uh, research and due diligence and you know we talked about peeling onions if you remember the layers of the onion and the first layer being a pre-screen against set criteria and KPIs the second layer of the onion if you like if we peel it back would be a a deeper level of desk based research before entering into the third level which would be involving other people and potentially a site visit so um, we also looked at what what areas of the of the deal we could research, which would include the, the commercials of the deal, the property itself, the general location and area, and the people that we might engage with to, to understand that deal. So people who we would partner with in some shape or form. And uh, so it's really, you know, talking about getting good at research and due diligence and this whole idea potentially if we we don't trust our own gut instincts uh, or perhaps we're not so experienced to have what I call a trusted advisor to help us out. Then we're looking at the whole topic of knowledge who what and where and you know two main camps here first one was people and and that was really a signpost to go to some of the online communities that are out there to meet uh, fellow property investors to share information and knowledge but also physically to attend property meetings and, uh, and network in person. And in terms of knowledge, there was again a number of resources and and signposting that took place, whether it be online forums or or pointers to industry associations, um, general, you know, uh, property related press and other print media. And obviously, I can't I can't uh, leave that section behind without looking at books. I'm pretty well now obsessed with books, and developing knowledge both in property and in other areas. But uh, that was an, another uh, point there. But lots of resources were shared in that particular show, uh, and in fact, in in the book, the Property Investor Toolkit, which is um, this series is based around, there is both a short and a long reading list. So get your hands on that. It was up to a hundred different book titles to uh, To work your way through, uh, but the principle being is to get and stay current uh, to meet fellow investors and to feed the brain with uh, with brain food rich brain food. The next one we looked at was a two parts uh, episode actually with lettings and management and if you remember in in this area it's quite a wide subject, but we also had a couple of uh, subject matter expert contributions who uh, joined us in part one and part two. So in that first part uh, I did uh, it was kind of my chart show if you remember the top 10 lettings and management best practice tips, the top five areas of contention between landlords and tenants. The, the top five costliest mistakes of, uh, of poor lettings and management practice were, were my contributions. And then I had the interview with, uh, with Damien Fogg, who was presenting the case for self-management quite strongly. Uh, finishing, of course, with my own personal take on, on more of a hands-off investor approach and, and using letting agents. And then in part two, I did my too-good and too-bad uh, landlord and tenant tales. Uh, some some good ones and some not so good experiences there to share with you and of course I had my second subject matter expert contribution this time from Tim Leffler, who was presenting the case for uh, letting agents and in fact how to identify a good letting agent. The next topic that we looked at was uh, financial and accounting systems and uh, and this is where I shared, um, you know, the, if you remember my illustration was uh, one thing, two pebbles and three buckets to try and get over the illustration of how we can potentially categorize uh, different expenditures um, into the various uh, accounting um, records that we need to keep. We talked about the difference between capex or capital expenditure and opex or operating expenditure and indeed how these can have a bearing on our tax position. And, of course, the whole purpose of that was to talk about maintaining good systems and records. Then we introduced the topic of funding the property investment, and we we covered a a brief history of buy-to-let finance before looking at some of the major sources of of property finance, ranging from cash, friends and family, uh, buy-to-let mortgage, obviously, uh, commercial finance, bridging and auction finance, New or disres- uh, new or disruptive lenders, such as the peer-to-peer and crowdfunding crew, uh, private finance, including joint ventures and creative financing strategies. So we had a bit of a deeper dive into uh, into the subject with three main areas, and perhaps we'll return to that in a in a future series and and cover that off in more detail. But um, what I'm obviously doing here is giving you pointers. That for if, uh, if if you do, if you missed one of the episodes uh, and you think, oh, that's something I would like to cover, perhaps you can go back and uh, and revisit. Then I introduced uh, something that's not in the book, uh, which is the investor mindset, or well, it's not directly in the book anyway. And again, it was a two-part uh, episode. The first one, I introduced the concept of the investor, excuse me, the investor mindset puzzle. We looked at the skills and competencies, principles, personal qualities and characteristics, and good old habits and routine of what makes uh, a good investor mindset uh, in this investor mindset puzzle. And then in the second part, took a bit of a deeper dive. I took a bit of inspiration from a, a recent trip to a magical place and took a deeper dive, believe it or not, into habits and routine. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of learning that came out of that. So there was quite a lot on, you know, personal philosophy, motivation, uh, change and personal growth that was sprinkled across these two episodes, of course. So so that's a quick, you know, summary, whistle stop again uh, of what we covered over the series. Uh, maybe you remember some of those things as I mentioned them. Maybe you missed the odd episode and, and, and perhaps if I've said something in a headline terms that you'd like to revisit, then then by all means do. But uh, that, that draws a, draws a conclusion of, of where we got to up until the end of last week and of course now what I'd like to do is talk about where we'd like to head to going forward. Okay so going forward, um, I've titled this, this part of the show The Investor Quick Start and in fact it's the title for the show because rather than looking back we're going to look forward. And um, I think, you know, I'd like to start with a quotation here, if I may. And it's one of my favourite quotations. It's definitely in my uh, Vision Board Pro, which is uh, the resource I shared with you last week, if you remember. And the quotation is, it's never too late to be the person we might have been. And it's by George Eliot. So um, whether you're young or old, it's never too late, is quite simply the summary there. So it wasn't too late for me, and it's not too late for you either and if you're young well that's great news. I had my eighteen uh, year old nephew um, Facebook messaging me the other day, and he said, "I want to be successful, I want to be successful and he was actually uh, he was going to be hoodwinked probably into uh, some dodgy scammy uh, trade deal where someone was trying to get him to send some money over before the end of the day and I was asking my advice and uh, I was obviously um Trying to make sure he didn't fall into any traps um, in doing that, but uh, so he said, "I want to be successful. I want to be successful." I said, "I'm sure you will. I am sure that you will, but you don't have to be successful by midnight tonight. You have time on your side. So, whether you're young or old, there is time. But um, no worries with that. But it's uh, if, you know, let, let's take a let's take a leaf out Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. One of the one of my favourites, in fact. And he said, first things first. And the first thing I think we should say is stop. Just like I spoke to with my nephew, stop. Don't rush to invest in anything right now. We need to prepare ourselves before we do anything else. And uh, and and there's a, there's there's a several ways we can do it. And this is my recommendation or my suggestion of how we can do things. And keeping Stephen Covey uh, close in closer in in my thoughts, he also said begin with the end in mind. So beginning with the end in mind, I think what we do, the best way for me to start this is to talk about what I talk about, my one-page business plan, which is aimed to plug the gap to goal. And it's a a post that, so it's a blog post rather, that inspired this and uh, really just to kind of really focus in on a single-page business plan because these business plans can be so complicated and they don't need to be, really. Um, So in headline terms, what does a business plan constitute? Well, it starts with the purpose and or sorry, or the reason why. Why do we want to invest in property? Why do we want to invest in anything? Potentially it's to replace an income, to plug a hole in the pension, which is probably what started it for me, uh, to help other people, uh, have a better lifestyle and so on. So, you you know, everyone's going to have their own different reason why or purpose. But I think it's important to identify what that is it could be a short-term aim it could be a long-term aim and of course that's going to have a bearing on what we do next Uh, then we need a top-line goal Um, and people talk about goals in different timelines you know if nothing else we should have a 12-month goal but uh, potentially a three or five-year goal but uh, let's just say in this business plan there'll be a top-line goal and it's going to be for 12 months and and that's the what if you like what do we want to achieve uh, in the next 12 months Next we need to determine um, our primary and secondary strategies. I would suggest no more if we're just starting out. I have a primary strategy, maybe a secondary one, a backup one, um, but probably no more than that. And the strategies, of course, are the how. So very quickly, we've covered the why, the what and the how. And it probably doesn't take too much thinking to to figure that out. So not only is it the one-page business plan, but it's probably more like the 30-minute business plan as well. So that's also good news. The next stage of course is to set KPIs. So this is a different type of KPIs to what I mentioned under the criteria and checklist uh, section. This is uh, These are milestones, if you like, breaking down the 12-month goal into regular milestones. Uh, and this could be daily or weekly actions that we would need to take that would ensure ultimately that we'd hit our desired result. So... Uh, If we want to hit an income goal for example uh, over the course of the year we need to know how many properties in in order to know how many properties we need to know how many offers we need to make on properties in order to know how many offers we're going to have accepted on properties we need to view a certain number and we can work you know work back if you like reverse engineer for want of a better description to plug the gap to goal which is where the uh, term came from. And then, then what, we, what we should have in place is a regular what I call plan-do-review cycle. And, and this is really just that we have weekly, monthly and quarterly check-ins, progress check-ins, uh, checkpoints if you like along the way so that we can review our progress and course correct where we potentially up our activity level or if we're uh, on course or ahead of schedule we perhaps even up the goal. But it's important to check in so that we know how we're doing. We don't just get to the end of the year and go, "Oh dear." <laughs> so it's, uh, it's a help stay focused and to stay on track. The next thing really is uh, celebrate success. And um, this is really important. I, I, when I probably covered this in a, in a previous uh, episode, it's, it's an area I personally struggled with uh, for many years, but now I kind of get it. And it's a case of rewarding ourselves for some of the small as well as the big wins and just to pause and reflect and enjoy the moment. It doesn't have to be a big celebration, but just something that, uh, that rewards us. And ideally, something memorable or long lasting is, uh, is the best thing. And then the third, the final part of this one-page business plan. So we whistle through this, and it shouldn't take too long, as I'm sure that uh, <clears throat> you're understanding by now. I like to say give back because no, nobody probably does anything on their own. And you know, just like I had help and support along my journey, um, I'm sure you will as well. And so this whole principle of reciprocity, uh, you know, giving, giving and receiving, giving and receiving, and not just taking all the time. So I would suggest be generous with your time and or knowledge and or money and or anything else really for that matter Uh, because the more you give the more you receive and the better it is for everyone and that's just a personal philosophy which overall is just going to be for everybody's overall benefit so I know not everybody will see that immediately but uh, it is a success principle and um, you know it's just it's just good for the universe and uh, and everyone within it so that's it that's the one page business plan and it's probably as I say the 30 minute business plan as well so quick start is what I said and hopefully that will help uh, to achieve that. So whilst that's very action focused if you like, so the plan, do review cycle and the goals and, 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 and all of that good stuff, there's other things that, uh, that can happen uh, along the way and this goes back to something I was talking about last week with uh, the habits etc. Uh, so we all, you know, taking another leaf out of Covey's book, uh, Sharpen the saw as he calls it and that's basically to stay educated uh, you know with knowledge acquisition and you know also from that be formal knowledge acquisition perhaps reading and online you know learning and this sort of thing and maybe even training but it could also be through community and networking where we get to learn through other people's experiences so we really don't have to do this on our own in fact, that's a major point. I really want to emphasize um, when I started, I really was alone and um, probably my progress wasn't as quick or as, uh, as, uh, you know, as fast fundamentally as it might have been, which brings me next to my next point, which is all about accountability and support. So accountability and support is, you know, two sides of the same coin. Uh, accountability, of course, is, uh, is is holding ourselves accountable or, or allowing ourselves to be held accountable by somebody else. Um, you know, it's the kick up the backside, whereas the uh, support side of it is the arm around the shoulder. So, you know, sometimes we need the arm around the shoulder and sometimes we need the kick up the backside. So very simply, three things that we could consider in that respect. One that would be to what I call get a buddy, so just partner up with somebody, perhaps local, um, perhaps a family member who's got a keen interest in this, or a friend, uh, you know, just someone to to share experiences with. Really, it could be just uh, someone you meet at a networking meeting. Um, the the second option potentially is to either join or form a mastermind group, and it was Napoleon Hill, I think, uh, way back. I think was it 1920s, 1930s, or around about then when he wrote his book. I don't mean later when he wrote it but um, he certainly formulated it back then when he talked about you know, the power of a mastermind when two minds come together um, there's a greater force that uh, produces better results. So a mastermind group uh, to meet regularly and share ideas and uh, pool knowledge and make progress. So that's the second step and the third one might be uh, to get a mentor. And we talked about this in the past, uh, mentors can come in various guises, you can have more than one mentor, you can have dif- difference between a coach and a mentor, I think I've explained the, the differences, I'm uh, happy to do so if anyone wants to discuss that, but um, progress can be a lot faster if we have uh, any one of these actually, so I'm not you know precious about which one, but uh, I would suggest at least one, maybe all three, but uh, certainly at least one. And then I guess after all of this is said and done, you know, we've got a lot of planning in there uh, we've got a lot of uh, knowledge acquisition there and we've even got a little bit of uh, support and accountability, accountability rather, going on. The other thing, of course, is we need to take action. There is no point procrastinating and knowing everything about property investment if we just don't do anything about it and don't invest in property. So, with all with the best plan and the best learning and the best you know pals to meet and talk property with down the pub, it really doesn't matter unless we do something. So you know it can be a bit scary and a bit daunting. Um, Quote another book title: "Feel the fear and do it anyway," by Susan Jeffers. And so I suggest just getting out there. And I think uh, as, as I've heard recently, you know, a few quotations about failing fast, make mistakes and fail fast. Because the quicker we make the mistakes, the quicker we fail, the faster actually we achieve the result that we wanted to. So, you know, bottom line is don't worry about it and, uh, and have some fun along the way. I mean, we don't have to take things too seriously. If we mess up, it doesn't really matter so much, does it? So there we go. So I, I know I've rattled through that, but um you know I think it is a case of uh, having this in, in quick start mentality getting going. We can always refine the plan later on. We can always, you know, get better, get smarter as we go. So hopefully that is is useful. And I really wanted to um have it just just touch on quickly my own particular story. I I probably drafted a few more notes that I'm going to share with you now, but essentially I um only a few years ago now 5 6 years ago 6 years ago it was um I was in a pretty bleak position when I was uh, I had my eureka moment as I probably mentioned to you before um where I kind of really understood the power of compound growth and leverage as far as property investing was concerned and I kind of got it but it was it was a while after that before I was able to get back in again and uh, seriously invest in property and uh, not least of which because um you know I was in a tough tough place actually I um I went for a divorce, um, I, I was renting, I had uh, very much a shortage of income each month, a lot of debt, a big hole in my pension, you probably heard the story. So it, it wasn't the best start, <laughs> it wasn't the best starting position but um, I managed to turn that around and you know, I think a lot of the principles that I'm sharing with you are born out of that experience. So. It is very much an experience-based journey. Uh, it's not a classroom-based or a, you know theoretical-based uh, teaching principle that I've been sharing with you over the course of this series. It's it's born out of personal experience. It's a, a turnaround. I, I think to some extent, I kind of a bit of a turnaround specialist um, in many factors of my life. But uh, needless to say, it's not about that. It's just a case of just saying if I can do it, then you can do it too. And so, I just wanted to give uh, give that story. just a reminder of that story, if you like. That um, in a position now, without boasting or anything, it's just that I don't have a hole in my pension anymore. I've got double-digit property portfolio in in three countries and a, a six-figure annual rent roll. I've got experience now in in a variety of different investment strategies, and uh, most important thing of of all is I've got the ability to do what I enjoy the most. Uh, sorry, enjoy most of the time. And what I enjoy most of the time is supporting others. So um, that's why I do this podcast. That's why I have a blog. That's why I wrote a book. That's why I do mentoring and training. There's, there's, these are the reasons why I do these things. It's what it got, what's gives me inspiration. But I've put myself in a position where I can do that now. So it's given me choice, I guess, is what I'm really trying to say. And so, you know, bottom line is it's not about me, as I mentioned. It's about you. So uh, what is it you'd like to achieve in property? What are your goals? What are your aspirations? You know, what do you need help with? So, uh, which actually brings me on to the the next point is effectively, how can we help, and how can we help at the Property Voice? And of course, we've got the Property Voice website itself, and that's got a lot of resources, uh, news, and uh, blogs, and uh, sample projects with some real numbers and, and and all that sort of stuff. Of course, there's my book, the Property Investor Toolkit, this podcast. Uh, Don't intend to stop. I'm tend to carry on. Hopefully that's okay with you and you haven't switched off or deleted it from your uh, podcast downloads. Stick with me here. Um, but equally, the Property Voice can help. with. have touched on it just now with mentoring and training and indeed joint ventures. So um, if, if you think that you, know, you like what we, we share here and, and what I speak about, what I stand for, I've shared a lot of my values, my principles, uh, I've shared a lot of my story and, and that kind of thing. Uh, I partnered with other people, Damien Fogg principally to deliver mentoring and so we have a unique take uh, this two-for-one mentoring approach for example we've got training programs in the offing and we're working with uh, in, in joint ventures with people who've uh, have just come to us and said well can you, can we work with you and, and learn looking over your shoulder and that type of thing so anyway I won't dwell on it but that's how we can help so the best way probably is to join our mailing list over at the website thepropertyvoice.net and then you can stay in touch with us, or just just drop us uh, drop us a line. We start a conversation. It'd be great to hear from you. But I didn't want to leave this first series without giving something back. Uh, always trying to talk about giving back, and uh, here's another example, perhaps. And so to reward you. As a listener of this podcast who's made it through this first series, and indeed <laughs> has made it through this uh, this this final episode of this first series, I'd like to to make you an offer, and that is to to give you something of genuine value. Uh, and, and normally, what I'm about to propose would have at least a, a ticket price of around about two hundred pounds. And it's what I call a mini strategy review. And so, all you need to do is drop us a note. Uh, to podcast at thepropertyvoice.net an email obviously uh, with the subject line mini strategy review put your full name in the body of the email be nice to hear a little bit about you but that's all you actually need to do and what we'll do in return is we'll walk you through a three-step process which will help you get going with your property journey and that involves a, a desktop strategy review that looks at your your goals your your current position your strengths and your lifestyle factors And uh, what we'll be able to do is to give you a couple of pointers for some ideal strategy matches, and uh, something of a personal assessment from from us. So that's something to give back to you. So please make a note of that. It's um, it it does take some time on our part to do that. It's not very formulaic. We try and personalise everything, Um, and we'd like to give that to you as a thank you and to show genuine added value to to what we what we do. So we can't really say fairer than that, can we? So. Do get in touch, and we look forward to hearing from you. But right now, it's, uh, it's Kazo again with Your Voice.
0: Up next is Your Voice. It's all about you and your property world.
2: Okay, to Your Voice. Today we would like to share a five-star review of the podcast. It comes from JHJ1122, who says, Brilliant. Five stars. A great, informative podcast. Really enjoyed and very helpful. Thanks Richard. I just thought I would take this opportunity to say, thanks for a great first series Richard. I have enjoyed our time working together very much. I am looking forward to our next series with eager anticipation. Something to do with the circle of life isn't it? Back to you Richard, for the shout out
0: where you can go for more great resources with a shout out.
1: Oh, Kaz, that's very nice of you to say. And I've really enjoyed working with you as well. Um, Even if you do have a slightly dodgy sense of humour, I have to say, you're not still there, are you? No, that's good. Well, I'm not so sure that we're going to be looking at The Lion King and the circle of life. Uh, I, I, you're really you know, struggling to read my notes, aren't you, today, <laughs> but, uh, in this next series. But um, perhaps you've had a bit of a garbage in, garbage out moment uh, with your data input. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, hold fire for a quick minute. And as soon as I've shared this week's uh, shout out, I shall reveal what we'll be covering in series two. OK, so this week's shout out, it, uh, it's, it's another web resource. And one that allows us to benchmark estate agent performance. And it's based on real data. So, um, it's, it's from a, it's from an organization called Uk. So it's estateagent, the number four, me.co.uk. Obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, the links will be in the show notes. So, uh, by all means, head over to there and you'll see it. But essentially, all we need to do is plug in a postcode. Uh, of the area that we'd like to sell a property in and the the search engine behind it will generate um, the, all the agents available in the area and their performance and it looks at their success rate, the average time to sell a property, how close they actually get to the asking price that's very significant and uh, helps you determine potentially the, uh, the ones who are just bidding up the, the price to get the business against the more authentic ones um, number of properties the agent has listed in in that um, area, and indeed the fees that the estate agent charges. So really useful resource. Now you might think, well, Richard, I'm buying and holding. I'm not selling property. Uh, maybe I sell my own house occasionally. So it's not a great resource, you know. And initially I was thinking, well, perhaps it is a resource. It's only aimed at uh, property traders, uh, you know, flipping property and that sort of thing. But actually, I realised. Um, we could probably reverse engineer this and look at also the bad agents, couldn't we? Um, and, and target those who've got, uh, you know, poor success and maybe uh, heavy discounts from advertised prices and this sort of thing. I'm not saying that advertised price is market price. But, um, you know, we can just think creatively and maybe how, how we can use it as a, another tool to target potential opportunities. So. There we have it. It's a uh, estate agent for me, and it's uh, a performance data that allows us to benchmark uh, different. Um, excuse me. Estate agents. But uh, what would be really great of course is have to have the equivalent for letting agents as well and I'd really like to have that as a tool. So if you're listening uh, estate agents for me, maybe there's a letting agents for me equivalent that we should have as well. Now I am aware that uh, Zoopla have similar comparison tools but they're not by any means to the uh, same level of granularity. Uh, or detail as the as this one I've just mentioned, which is why I've given this one a shout out. But there is some data that you can find for both estate agents and letting agents also on Zoopla. So that's it for another week on the podcast. And in fact, it pretty much wraps up the first series from the Property Voice podcast. Now, I've got a couple more series lined up. Um, so I'm not going to be disappearing anytime soon and we're going to start looking at property life cycles, which is what Kaza was probably trying to say all along throughout this episode in the next series. But um, life cycles can come up, uh, you know, can mean different things, whether it's the soup to nuts if you're uh, American orientated or cradle to grave if you prefer this side of the water, uh, stages of a single property investment. You know, right from buying to either refinancing, ultimately selling on. Um, But equally, a life cycle could be these longer term market cycles. So we're going to dip into that a little bit. And similarly the um the the term of life cycle could be applied to a whole whole portfolio or our, our entire investment portfolio life cycle. So there's three dimensions, if you like, to this whole concept of life cycle, and uh, I think it's going to set it up into quite a nice series. It's going to look at different aspects, obviously from an individual property to whole market cycle, to our whole investment approach. Um, so that's going to break down into a number of different episodes. So that's what we've got coming up for you over the next series. Not sure how many episodes it's going to be right now, but uh, and I've got something planned after that. I think I might have alluded to it before, but we're going to have a deeper dive into probably strategy, probably financing. So um depending on which ones you probably prefer me to leave with, I'm sure we could go with. So lots to get our teeth into. So needless to say, uh, all of this is on the show notes over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net, all the links, the references are going to be there. And don't forget the podcast listener loyalty offer of that mini strategy review, will you? Just drop us a note podcast at thepropertyvoice.net with that subject line mini strategy review and we can just take it from there we'll start a conversation and we'll take it from there but needless to say that's all from me thank you very much for listening to what was our first or maiden podcast series really hope you've enjoyed it uh, we've definitely ha- enjoyed having you with us we've seen the audience figures growing week by week so uh, the word is getting out there but help us to spread the word i'd be very grateful but for now and until the next time on the property voice podcast ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao.
0: Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on The Property Voice Podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.